Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast. And it's another episode of our entrepreneur series where we're interviewing other entrepreneurs, uh, learning a little bit about their stories, how they went from corporate world or wherever they were to their own Freedom Days. And today I'm going to be interviewing Rocky Lalvani. Uh, Rocky is a, he's an interesting story because he's a different type of uh, entrepreneur than what we've interviewed before. He didn't just jump from the corporate career and try and start a business and go. He actually spent time saving and building his assets. And then he made that jump to the entrepreneurship and what he's doing today. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Uh, Rocky, welcome, my friend. Thank you so much for having me here today, Jeff. Excited to be with you. I'm so glad to. And like I was telling you before, when you came on the screen, some of my favorite books are right over your shoulder. <laughs> so looking forward to hearing what you would choose as your your one book that you would recommend later on. Uh, so Rocky, tell us a little bit about your story. You, you've got a little bit of a different story from a lot of our folks that we interview. So I'm an immigrant to the United States. My parents brought me here when I was two years old, and they were kind of starting over for their second time. Mm-hmm. So when we started off, we weren't on the right side of the track, so to speak, right? You start off as an immigrant, but they very quickly moved up the economic ladder. Okay. And part of that, I think, was, you know, they had had some success back at home, but when you, when you restart life, um, yeah. it's not always easy. And it was a very different world when they came here back then. So things have progressed. Um, one of the things that was different that I didn't realize it until much later in life is they would get together with their friends and they would talk about how they were growing in the United States, how they were surviving, how they were adjusting, but they were also talking about money. Okay. So money conversations were normal just between the adults. And I would sit and listen And I saw some people who had tremendous success. So I was exposed to all different levels of success. Mm -hmm. And the expectation was always, hey, the world is yours. It was never a um, scarcity mindset. It's like you can have anything you want. We expect you to get educated. We expect you to succeed. Um, These are the opportunities. So at some point when I was a kid, I was like, I want to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. So I was the kid who was always hustling from a, for a buck from a very early age, um, always making money, always had cash in my pocket as a kid. Okay. So I, I did all of that and I did really well. And then I went to college because that was what we were supposed to do. I had no desire to go to college in the sense that <laughs> I was sick of education. Right. Okay. And But I did go um, and during this whole time, I was also playing around with numbers. So this is when the first computers came out. VisiCalc was one of the first electronic spreadsheets. So I was actually teaching accountants how to go from paper ledger to electronic spreadsheets. In Mm -hmm. college, I had a job. They were like, you know how to use these spreadsheets? Fill them out for us and do this stuff. 
I'm like, sure. And I thought, hey, this would make a great business opportunity. I make spreadsheets for people. Mm -hmm. But it was a different world. So I didn't know how to monetize that. I didn't know how to sell it. I didn't know how to do any of those things. In the <laughs> meantime, I'm like, I know what a spreadsheet was at that time. <laughs> no, they had no idea what a spreadsheet or what the value of it was, sure. nor, nor did I. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a job and I'll, you know, the, the seed sitting there, but nothing ever happened to the seed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I get a job because I had learned basic financials and I had the goal of becoming a millionaire. I knew I had to save money. So I automated all of my finances. I automated all my savings right from the beginning. Okay. And I literally ran the numbers to say, what do I need to do to hit a million dollars? Okay. And so I went to work, you know, in the beginning, it was all pretty good. I had fun, made good money and continued to save, uh, made some financial mistakes along the way, made a lot of investing mistakes along the way, mm -hmm. but it, continued. And eventually, you know, I hit my goals and, and my goalposts kept changing because your goalposts keep changing. But then it came to the point, okay, you've made the money. It didn't give you the happiness you thought it would give you, right? Now what? And so that really started me down this whole self-development journey where I started to say, what do I really want to do with my life? What does that look like? Where can I help people? And it was also through that, that I realized that most people were horrible with money. And I was like, I don't understand this. And I, I learned about money scripts and I learned about uh, money behaviors and how most people are just not wired to be good with money. Most people have a lot of um, uh, money mindsets that are not positive. You know, like we're told from our parents, you know, money doesn't grow on trees or we can't afford that. Or maybe you've heard rich people are evil. So there's all these things. So I was like, maybe I could help people with this. And so that was the original seed of an idea. Now this is back burner, right? Cause I've still got younger kids. I'm still working, making a good income. I'm like, let me just start exploring this as a possibility of something to do. And I spent probably three or four years, five years, kind of just figuring that whole thing out um, and doing that. And I realized that even though I can teach people how to be a millionaire, because I can't teach them how to do it in a weekend, they don't want it. Yeah. Everybody wants to be this weekend. If I can't do it this, that. So I realized it wasn't a viable business. It just didn't seem to work out so well. Um, but then I learned that business owners weren't looking at their finances. And I was like, mm -hmm. wait a minute, how can you be a business owner and not understand the business of business? That's a problem. And I got introduced to Profit First and Mike Michalowicz. And so then I just started testing that whole idea out. Would business owners pay me to help them with their finances, to look at their spreadsheets, to understand the P&Ls, and to help them make actionable decisions? And when I realized that that was good, then it became like, okay, when do I quit work and do this? Mm -hmm. And I did not know when that was going to happen. It was a back and forth and then work got not so good. And I was like, it's now or never. And so I went for it. That is awesome. That is <laughs> awesome. What a cool story. So, you know, when, when you made that decision, you, you know, you said, okay, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pull the ripcord. What were some of the, the things that you had to think about? You know, what were the, some of the, the, the factors that you weighed in on? 
so number one, we needed a financial runway, okay. right? I had one kid in college and one kid a year away from college. Um, we're used to living a certain lifestyle, sure. right? And we live well below our means, mm-hmm. but we're still used to living a certain lifestyle. Sure. And the other thing was, I, I've always been told it takes time to build a business. Mm-hmm. So I took the understanding that this was going to take me three years. Okay. So how do I build a financial runway? How do we figure out what to do? How do we make some lifestyle changes to make that all possible? Mm -hmm. So I think a big part of it was the financial. The second thing was really spending a lot of time digging into how true is is the business model? Is it really going to work? And then more so is what do I want my business to look like? So I didn't want to leave a job to work harder, (laughs) right? And that's what a lot of people do, where they create a business model that by its very nature isn't fun. Like, I was like, if I'm going to go do this, I don't want to do things I don't enjoy. Yeah, I can already do that and have somebody else take all the risks. (laughs) Yeah, someone else. And listen, I had a very cushy job with a six-figure income, a company car. They handed me all the electronics, you know, free everything. So I was living a good life. Um, so it's a lot to leave behind. And that's part of it too. Do, do I leave it behind? And part of that was I was getting older and I was like, well, you know, is it now or do I wait five years and then mad that I wasted five years of my life yeah. doing this when I could have built a business and had much more fun? So I, I think I did spend a lot of time learning, studying and testing. And mm-hmm. I, it, it was always my back burner project. It was yeah. always there working. So I think that was a big part of it. But I think the biggest thing is you've got to have runway because when you go to sell, if you're desperate, Mm. people smell desperation. Absolutely. They get, yeah, they smell the commission breath on you when you're, when you're out there doing that. So let's talk a little bit of, you know, I'm I'm a big profit first fan, Mike Michalowicz. I think one of the best books I read uh, several years ago and it helped my business immensely. So talk a little bit about what you, you know, when you made that decision, okay, I'm going to jump, what's the model that you use? Um, yeah. Cause it can easily be, uh, and it's what I always tell people, okay, if you're gonna, if you're going to leave the corporate world, don't go and create a job for yourself. You know, basically you own a job instead of having a job. So what, what did you do specifically, you know, as you were starting to make that jump uh, to, to build a business model? So part of the reason I partnered with Mike and Profit First was mm-hmm. I realized I could go and build everything that Mike had built. Yeah. Right. I, what he talks about in the book is the same way I built wealth. I get having the multiple bank accounts, setting up automations. Mm -hmm. But I also realized if I did it myself, I would have to do a lot of things I didn't want to do. Yep. And this gave me an established brand. Mm -hmm. It gave me a support system, which I would not have if I was alone. Mm -hmm. Um, I think those were some of the biggest things. And then the other thing I did was I actually backward reverse engineered. How much money do I need to make? Mm -hmm. How much can I charge a client? How many clients do I need? How does that work out time factor wise? Yeah. And so I actually did the math of the business to say, does this work? Mm -hmm. And what is the bottle that I want to build? And then what does the progression of the model look like? Mm -hmm. So the original progression is a lot more clients and then declining clients. Okay. Um, So it's in the beginning learning. Mm -hmm. 
in the beginning, starting at a lower price point, then raising the prices, then dropping back the clients, and then building something that's scalable that doesn't require my time over time. Mm -hmm. Nice. So what's uh, what does that look like then down the road as far as is it bringing on additional people to do some of that coaching or is it what? But I, 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 I didn't want to deal with people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it. You know, you work in corporate. You're like, I don't want to deal with people. <laughs> I don't want to deal That's with worse. personalities and all that kind of stuff. And so my business model doesn't require me to do that. Okay. Um, the business model was, hey, how do I build a digital product mm -hmm. that we can that I can run with a little bit of my time? Okay. So we're actually building a hybrid and we're still working through it. Mm -hmm. Part of it will be the digital course product. Part of it will be digital product with hands-on help. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't that requires me not to be totally committed. So when I looked at and I read a lot of the coaching books. The biggest thing they talked about was that time versus money and how you lose your freedom. And mm. so making sure that I still have that and I'm still working through that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like working through Mike's clockwork book. You know, you're, mm. you're on that point at this point with clockwork. Okay. How do I, how do I automate this thing and pull and extract myself from being in the middle of the business all the time? Correct. That's awesome. Um, so what's your typical client like? I mean, what, what's the size of business that you work with? Uh, who, who's the one that's your jam that you love working with? So generally, because of the price points and so forth and what it works out to, my typical client is a seven-figure revenue business owner. Okay. So they've learned how to run their business. But the truth of the matter is many of them do not understand their financials well. It's not what they want to do. They didn't join, they didn't build a company to be an accountant. Yeah. Right. They don't, I was shocked to learn that most of them don't like sitting in the financial seat. Mm. Um, and so the other thing I realized though, is if you're, if you're in the seven figure range, people think they have a ton of money. They don't. Yeah. It, it's tight margins. So you can't afford great help. Getting A players is difficult. So creating that fractional service to work with them on a, on a very part-time basis means they can afford to get great help and I can serve an underserved market because mm -hmm. most of the great help is going to go serve eight, nine, 10, 12 figure businesses. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, what I became was, I, and I learned this in corporate, right? Make yourself a, a big guy in a little pond mm -hmm. where, where you don't have a lot of competition. So I don't have a lot of competition because most of the people who are trying to come in and serve these people aren't of my caliber. Mm -mm. And most of the people of my caliber are trying to serve a different audience. Sure. So I, I found that to be a good fit for me. And it comes back to the other thing, right? We talked about dealing with people and personalities. If I can work with a seven-figure business owner, most of them are solo owner. There's okay. no C-suite. There's no, let me run this by the committee. Yeah. Like, let's get this done. Let's move. Let's take action. You're and, dealing with the decision maker. Yeah. And that's <laughs> it. And so it makes it a, a much more fun work environment. Yeah. You know, and I, I've run across several uh, profit first bookkeepers, um, a couple of accountants in that world. But, you know, I, I think this is, I think it's actually a really interesting profit first because, you know, the, the challenge that you run into is, you know, quite often it is just, you know, 
the 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 person who is that um you know whatever the the person's that bookkeeper is just not necessarily good about thinking with a business mind in a lot of cases correct and so i i've always been a tax geek too so i'm okay. actually an enrolled agent so i'm in oh, wow. ea yeah. so i i will look at their taxes but i will not do their taxes sure. so that was my original that was one of our original business plans my wife's a CPA, so we thought, oh, she'll retire and we'll start a tax practice. And that'll be kind of a nice retirement business. Sure. I started doing taxes. I was like, I hate doing this. It sucks. It sucks. <laughs> and it's a race to the bottom. So I was yeah. like, this is not the business we're going to build. But I will go through their taxes and I will explain to the business owner what happened in their tax return. Because CPAs aren't, business owners aren't usually asking that question. Yeah. And CPAs usually aren't answering that question. Correct. And so it gives me more value add that I can bring. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you can pay somebody to just do the tax part of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and there's a ton of people out there that just want to serve that one market of, you know what, I don't, I don't want to really sit here and do strategy. Everyone will tell you that they want to do strategy, but most people don't want to really do strategy. They want to file your taxes and you know, April 16th, take a vacation. Yeah. Uh, you know, whereas I, the service you provide, I think is a, a really outstanding service in that, hey, I'm working with you over time. We're making financial decisions together, you know, and we're making those based on actual real numbers, not, well, I think this will work. Let's try this, you know, fly by the seat of your pants method of, of planning. No, business, if you look at a business well, you can usually figure out the math of the business. Yeah. And that's a big part of what we do. We figure out the math of the business. And then this way we can pull the right levers to make the right decisions. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Um, so what's new in your world? What, yeah, I know you've got the, the upcoming coursework and things like that. Anything else new? So I think that would, you know, the second part was I, I expected this to be a solo business and yeah. my daughter graduated and then she was like, I want to work with you too. And I was like, okay, okay. so she's going to, build up her client base under the umbrella as well. Nice. And then together, we're going to build this course and we're going to build some kind of a way to help because what we're seeing is we're getting a lot of people in that 300, 400, $500,000 range mm -hmm. where there's nobody serving them. No. And yet most of them don't need a ton of help. They need a little bit of help. Mm -hmm. So we figure if we can create a digital product with hands-on and maybe run some groups that that would be something that allows that group of people to get access to expert advice without having to pay a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. And I mean, you, you just, you have to build a, a little circle of trust there that, mm -hmm. okay, nothing that happens in this room, you know, everything that happens in this room stays in this room, you know, but you also get, I think it's a, a great model. It's, it's, similar to a model that like action coach uses, you know, mm -hmm. where it's like, Hey, we have our monthly meetings where we sit down and I mean, everybody shares their financials with the other ones. And you're all kind of their board of directors at that point. So I think it's a great model um, to use because, you know, once again, you also don't want to be the lunkhead that shows up to the meeting and doesn't have your homework done at that point. So there's a little bit of peer pressure to make sure all your homework gets done before you get into that meeting. And, you know, once again, if I can get, the brains of four or five or six or 10 other entrepreneurs thinking for me, 
you know, and me doing the same for them. I mean, I think that's a wonderful way of doing it. So great idea. Great idea. Um, all right. So are we ready for the fast five questions now? Sure. All right. So the first question, you wake up in the morning, the business is totally gone. You have all the knowledge in your head, but no business. You've got a laptop computer, 500 bucks in your pocket, place to live, food. What are you going to do first? When you say the business is all gone, what do you mean by that? The business does not exist. It has gone away. There is no more clients. You're starting from absolute zero. So here's the thing. My business is basically built on a laptop. <laughs> so I don't see that as really changing, right? Yeah. I mean, I it means I need to go out and hustle and sell. Yeah. And, and that's basically what it comes down to. I think this is what people don't realize. Business owners are salespeople. Yep. And you've got to sell. So I think if I lost all my current clients, yep. um, it would literally be you know, I've got the podcast, get on the podcast and say, Hey, we've got openings. <laughs> get it, get on the, get on to networking groups or just get out and say, and actually get on social media, making mm -hmm. connections and connecting to my network and saying, Hey, where are the opportunities that I can find a couple of people to get back up and running and move? Yeah. No, I think that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. I, I mean, and you, you hit it right on the head. I mean, People don't realize, I, I, I always say it's like the old joke about poker. If you walk into the room and you can't tell who the sucker is, you're probably the sucker. Mm -hmm. If you walk into the room and you can't tell who the salesperson is, you're the salesperson. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, and I'll be, I mean, I was strategic in that I wanted to build my business so that I could be location independent. Yeah. So that as life changed and whatever happened, I, I have that that freedom to be able to do all those things. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, that's, that's the ultimate that we all would love to have. You know, I, I want to move here or move there or take a month and, uh, and go to the South of France. I can do that. And as long as I have connection to the internet, it doesn't make any difference. I mean, that's, that's the beautiful part of it. So I, it, it's enviable. And I think it's, that can be done if you plan ahead, if you plan and yep. design your business around that. So and what, that's a big part of it. Yeah. What's the biggest business mistake that you've made? Not starting. Okay. Waiting too long. Right. I mean, yeah. I could have been doing this all along. <laughs> right. I, I could have done this 20 years ago. Sure. And had I done it 20 years ago, I'd probably be even wealthier than I am today. Sure. Um, and smarter and so forth. So I think, I think for me, that was a big part of it was mm -hmm. just waiting to start and not taking that that jump um yeah. and and undervaluing my skills mm -hmm. yeah but i mean i i look at it as you you gained all those skills over that time and you have mm -hmm. a you have a story to tell you know because there's so many people that go out and you know i mean if, i've seen uh, umpteen life coaches and all these other people that are out there that, you know, oh, I'm going to become a life coach. Okay, well, your life is totally screwed up. So why would I want to listen to you? You know, you've, you've actually, you, you've got the street cred to say, you know what, I did this, I built enough assets that I could make this jump and know that my family isn't going to be, you know, in poverty, while I'm trying to build this business. And I, you know, that's one of the, the precepts, one of the concepts that I share with a lot of our audience is you've got to, you've got to have some plan. Yes. 
You could have done it 20 years ago. Would you have been successful then? Uh, who knows? You know, we, we have today, you've got more world from the, the ability to do podcasts all over the world mm-hmm. to, you know, the ability to get on social media. So it's easier, I think, to grow a business if you leverage those concepts, which it wasn't so easy back then, you know, to do that. So, you know, I, I think whenever you make the jump, you make the jump. You played the game right, my friend. I mean, I, I just see that you played it so well. Um, and, and you're really that epitome of what I would say the perfect, perfect plan of attack for that. Yeah, could have done a few more years earlier, but you know what? You you also have a have a, a business and career that you can do forever because you're not digging ditches. So, you know, you can build this and it's kind of cool. You get to do it with your daughter too, you know, and-, and- and my wife is a, like, oh. I keep telling her to quit and join me, but she won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to have somebody to refer, you know, to do the taxes to, for. Um, what is a, an out of, I mean, all the books that you have there, what is a book that you would recommend for our audience? The Road Less Stupid. Advice from the chairman of the board. It's Keith Cunningham. It's avoiding the dumb mistakes that sabotage growth, profits, and business success. That is awesome. Every single chapter is easy to read. And even if you're working in a business today as an employee, it's a book you should read. Every chapter ends with the same ending. Now go think, right? And he gives you the questions to think about. Mm -hmm. And the reality is most business owners are working in their business, not on their business. Absolutely. This is the roadmap to work on your business. Mm-hmm. That is fantastic. That's the first time I've ever heard that one. So that's fantastic. Um, and it's what we love because we've built a little book club now of, of all the, the things that our, our audience or our guests have brought in. Uh, what is a tool that you use every day in your business that you would recommend? And I always use the example, Evernote is my, my love of my life because it it grabs information from the web, puts it, categorizes it, it keeps all my information. What's a what's a tool like that that you might use? I, I love Evernote too. And uh-huh. it has really helped me to keep track of everything and people and uh-huh. and notes of everything. Yeah. I think the one thing that was a real game changer for me was an automated calendar. Yeah. So I have automated links. They're even in my signature line on my email. So sometimes somebody will email me and I'll be like, yeah, I'd love to chat. You know, what's the best way to schedule? And they see my link and they're on my calendar or just through my podcast or through anything. People have access to my calendar and people just show up and there's no more back and forth and this and that. It just has made it so, so easy to take the friction of creating a meeting away. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I was a, I, it took me a while to convert from that because I have, you know, an executive assistant that I used to, you know, when somebody would say, Hey, I want to, I want to, you know, meet with you. Okay. We'll talk to Cindy and, you know, she'll, she'll get something scheduled. And I would just include that in the email. And then it would be this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with her. And, mm-hmm. you know, I would have all these places on my calendar with hold for this person, you know, in six places and, you know, that was, it was a, a pandemic thing for me when we weren't all working in the same office. And I finally just said, hey, I'm just going to try this calendar thing again. I'll never go back, you know, because now it makes Cindy's life less hectic of trying to track all that. 
and I can use her for higher level things than something a computer can do easily. Yeah, totally agree. Um, what? So how is the best way, if somebody is interested in talking to you about your services or interested in you, what's the best way to get in contact with you? So my website is profitcomesfirst.com. And on there, there's there's a link to the email uh, mm -hmm. that you can get to. There's a link to my podcast, nice. Profit Answer Man. So if you want to learn about how I do business, that's all on there. There's a link to my other podcast, which is Richer Soul, which is more about how do you live the ultimate life. So we yeah. talk about everything kind of, we talk about the money, but then beyond the money as well. Okay. Very cool. So those are the best places. Well, I'm looking forward to listening to those podcasts too. So it's, it's always, a, it's always fun to, to learn from others as well. Speaking of podcasts for your listeners, if you like this show and you're enjoying it, mm -hmm. would you do Jeff a favor and would you leave him a rating and a review or would you share it? Like, the world of podcasting is lonely. You all hear us. We don't hear you. We don't know how much you love what you're hearing. Yeah. So share some love with Jeff, would you? Please make a comment here and there. Yeah, we, we love it. No, uh, thank you, Rocky. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's funny. It, it, people ask, you know, well, how, how do you be a successful podcaster? Get up every day and do a podcast. I mean, <laughs> I can't think of a, there, there's no other way to be successful than just actually doing the work. Uh, at that point. So, you know, it, and, and, but it's nice to actually get the feedback. So yeah, thank you for that. Well, Rocky, I appreciate you coming on. It, just a wonderful, wonderful interview. Um, really excited to tell your story and, and share your story with our audience um, and look forward to, to us keeping in touch and, and hearing a little bit more about what you're doing as you launch the courses and everything else. So thank, thank you. you for being on today. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everyone, and thank you for being on. You know, of course, we publish every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, as Rocky said, please give us some comments. If you like this, please like and share this with your friends because we want to get our message out as many places as we possibly can. So thanks a lot, and we will see you back here next time. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.